You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Well, better late than never, right? So this didn't drop exactly at midnight Friday morning. I'm going to still consider this a win because after a, a wild week, we're getting another one of these in. And, and we're, we're talking the Fed this week, right? That's that's really what has been driving markets, what's been driving fears. And when I say the Fed, you know, we're, we're talking about what's going on with banks, worries about banks, whether it's Silicon Valley Bank, Credit Suisse, uh Deutsche Bank now here today. Um, I you know I, I really don't think we're in a full fledged banking crisis, even though that's what it's being, um, I guess, covered as in the media. But this this just pales in comparison to 2008, which was a true financial crisis. But still, we're in the middle of this mess, and and I I I what I hear from a lot of clients, from a lot of people around who ask what I, my take is on this. Um, it it is. It feels like it's wild, but if I told you that the NASDAQ was up a percent and a quarter this week, and as, as I'm recording this at least midway through Friday, um, and that the S&P for the last five days is up nearly a percent, you probably wouldn't believe me. It sounded like a plain old, a plain old day. Uh, you know, it was interesting. Let's just get into it. Let's just talk Fed here, right? Because this is, this is what's key because, uh, the Fed met this week, and as we expected, the Fed raised the Fed funds rate by a quarter percent, pushing the upper limit of um, the Fed fund rate to 5%, which is, I think, where we all thought they wanted to go, where we expected them to go. Now, those expecta- expectations changed a little bit over time, where we get some hot inflation readings, and oh, now the upper limit was going to be five and a quarter, five and a half. Um, but if you listen to if over the last year you've listened to some of the Fed statements, it was always kind of this discussion about getting to five percent and then leaving rates there for a while. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if we if there were no more rate rate hikes this year, um, but also no rate cuts this year, even though those are being priced into markets, mostly in reaction to what's going on with some of these banks having some struggles. I, I'm gonna I'm I want to give a quick overview and then I'm gonna give three takeaways, I, key takeaways I think that we should kind of uh, keep in mind from the Fed decision here. So, okay, they we're up to the upper bound of 5% in the Fed fund rate, and the financial conditions were stable enough for the FOMC, which is the Federal Open Market Committee, to release updated projections, unlike the Fed's decision back in March of 2020, um, because they didn't want to give projections just due to financial instability. So what does that tell us? Well, the Fed doesn't think there's real serious financial instability here. Otherwise, they wouldn't have given guidance, right? But they did. And so there, it gives you a clue as to what the Fed is thinking, which is to say, well, things are things are messed up, certainly, but maybe not um, irreparably broken or it, we're not at crisis levels, to be sure. Um, and then it, also interesting here was that the committee was unanimous in their decision uh, to raise rates a quarter percent, which I think helped to calm markets. You didn't have any dissent dissent in there, um, kind of muddying the waters a little bit. I mean, financial stability is clearly a vital factor in future decisions. But right now, the Fed will 
meet again in May, and it's possible that they're going to hike one more time. I'll tell you that the LPL research team thinks that uh, the Fed is going to likely hike one more time at the May meeting. I... Of course, it's data dependent, but I, I don't. I just personally don't see it. I'm not an economist, so I'll give you that caveat. I think they're. I think they've reached five percent, and they're going to let this cook for a while. And if anything, they may leave us at the five percent level a little bit too long, uh, making sure inflation is is beaten back. Um, one thing to consider here, though, is that tighter credit conditions translate into essentially into equivalent rate hikes. So the Fed can actually soften their language uh, that additional policy firming could be appropriate. Um, but, you know, essentially, um, if we have credit conditions starting to tighten, that's doing the job for the Fed. Almost it's as if these Fed, a year into this now, that these tighter conditions, these higher interest rates have started to work. And so as they work, there's less of a need to continue to rate, uh, hike rates. Some folks think that it, we've gotten so tight or have moved so fast that something is totally fouled up and they're going to need to cut rates later this year. I'm just, I'm just not on board with that. Um, uh, one of the top concerns for the committee was that prices in non-housing services have yet to ease. If you are involved in real estate whatsoever, you, I mean, reference the the Joe Perry episode uh, with what's going on with with real estate. Um, and then the other thing, you know, we started by talking about banks just because it's front of it's top of mind here. But the Fed sees the Silicon Valley Bank as an outlier and um, not a sign of future bank failures. And so, as a result, the Fed can stay focused on fighting inflation um, and not have to worry about breaking banks. Um, they still don't have to worry about unemployment, right? They can their focus can fully be on fighting inflation uh, until something else has to draw their full attention from that. So the bottom line here is that investors' wishes, I suppose, could come true here. The contagion risks are low enough for the Fed to hike rates like they did this week, and inflation pressures are soft enough for the Fed to be probably near the end of their rate hiking campaign, whether they do it again in a couple of months or not. Uh, but I, I think we all agree probably at this point that in, inflation should ease further in the second half of this year. And investors are probably going to be interested in taking on more market exposure in their portfolios as a result because the beatings will have stopped from the Federal Reserve. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how what the Fed has done and how that might affect unemployment because we really have a pretty big demographic shift also, right? We have um, – quite the the baby boomers who have been such a huge force in everything in American life since that generation was born, whether it was toys or music or work and now into retirement. Um, you know, we're 10 years, we're pretty deeply in We're we're more than 10 years past the great recession where everybody um, was able to come back and find work again. But as we went remote, certainly there were people in their mid sixties and maybe even in their early seventies, it said, you know, I'm not going to do this zoom work from home stuff. I'm going to retire. My 401k is looking good. So we lost those folks to the workforce or we lost those four folks in the workforce. And then we have a whole nother set of people who said, well, I wanted to retire, but working from home is pretty cozy. So I'm going to keep doing that until I get called back, which is starting to happen now also. Um, so as time goes on, we are, we're going to lose this baby boomer generation, which is a huge, huge, 
um, number of people that are in the workforce. Gen X is smaller. Millennials are about the same size, but we're, we're not replacing the people that we're losing in the workforce. And so that may, it's going to be interesting to see that how that impacts whether we can have really low unemployment in a recession, for example, as we go forward. It's going to be very interesting to see. Um, so let let's get let's get back. I'm on a tangent here. Let's get back to the three takeaways from the Fed decision after our, our little brief recap here to start the podcast. So first, a pause was discussed but eventually dismissed. So in the in the days prior to the meeting, the committee members considered pausing the rate hike campaign because of uncertainty with the regional bank stuff that we've talked about today and alluded to in the last podcast. Uh, now, the run on deposits at some banks in the U.S. created a bit of a scare, but af- as a few days passed, participants believed the conditions were favorable. Participants with the Federal Reserve believed conditions were favorable for increasing rates, and markets were stable enough for participants to publish their updated summary of economic projections that I mentioned a little bit earlier in the overview. So uncertainty in the banking sector created some division among committee members, but the median rate forecast for 2023 was unchanged from December at 5.1%. But now the path, of course, for the rest of the year is, is muddied. Some forecast no more rate hikes, others forecast quite a bit more tightening. Uh, I've already said more than one time what what my feelings were. If we raise another quarter percent or the Fed raises another quarter percent, I really think that's where they're going to stop. I think that's the 5% is where they're going to stop, but we'll see. Um, as risks, I think the key here is that as risks of contagion start to diminish, investors can expect the FOMC to focus on the inflation portion of the of the congressional mandate for price stability and full employment. Um Instead, of, which is like the growth component of the mandate, because this isn't the great financial crisis. Larger banks are well capitalized. They're hedged against broader economic risks. It gives the Fed room to hike rates despite volatility because the banks are a much stronger place than they were, gosh, 15 years ago. So second here. Second takeaway, I guess you could say, is that tighter financial conditions are equivalent to a hike in rates. So, you know, as things have gotten squeezed, the Fed may not have to raise rates as much if they expect that the financial conditions are going to continue to tighten or essentially their rate hikes have already started to get felt into the economy because since tighter conditions, well, tighter conditions translate into equivalent rate hikes. And so although broader financial conditions are tighter now, um, this, the Fed still wants to save, stay vigilant in fighting inflation. So I suppose that's where they could come in with that extra quarter percent rate increase in a couple of months. But given the recent deceleration in prices across much of the economy, the Fed can rightly kind of soften their language about future rate increases um, from a commitment to a possibility, right? They were saying they were committed to raising rates. Now raising Powell said that rate increases were a possibility, but we're back to this kind of data-dependent stuff. Um, I'll link to one of the charts, uh, one of the charts of the day that LPL has produced, uh, and it shows that financial stresses spiked from the uncertainty in the banking sector, and that's going to likely put a damper on the economy. And as the economy slows, consumers are going to pull back on spending, and then aggregate demand falls, and the Fed then won't have to hike as much as they anticipated even just a few weeks ago, right? Because the Fed. If you have a supply demand imbalance, the Fed can't increase supply. They can't make more widgets. They can't make shipping rate shipping routes faster between here and China. What they can do is make it more expensive to borrow, 
And that filters its way into the economy in the form of reducing demand. So if aggregate demand falls, which is that last on that chain that I just went through, um, the Fed's rate increases are working. Um, I don't want to go. I don't want to go too long with this, but the the third, um, I guess, takeaway here is that Fed officials don't expect to cut cut rates this year. Um, the markets, though, are at odds with Chair Powell and his colleagues. The FOMC said almost pretty explicitly that they don't plan on cutting rates this year, but the for some reason the markets seem convinced that the committee is going to need need to cut rates. So who's right? Well. Some people think that the markets are probably right because the impact of tighter financial conditions and the softening consumer demand and slowing economy is going to re- release some of these inflationary pressures, even tip us into a recession. Um, and that's why rates are going to need to be cut. Um, I would even argue that even though the Fed, I guess the Fed has lost a little bit of credibility, right? Because a year ago, they were saying inflation was transitory. They were asleep at the switch. They didn't raise rates fast enough, which is why they needed to raise rates quickly. But uh, I think they are commit. I, I I tend to believe it when they say that they are not. They don't plan on um, cutting rates this year. I mean, Christ, we're already we're already a quarter of the way through 2023. Um, it, it, allowing nine months for these interest rate hikes to cook to make sure that inflation is under control um, seems reasonable to me. Um, and so. If we think that inflation is going to be in the mid to upper three range by the end of the year, um, that's still not at their 2% target. So why would they start cutting rates by then unless we have a a pretty severe recession underway? Inflation fighting is still the Fed's main focus. And so it makes sense that the Fed isn't going to pencil in any rate cuts at this point in the cycle. Um, but I guess you could say that markets and the FOMC can agree on at least one thing. The outlook for inflation for the rest of the year looks promising. Um, so supporting the higher for longer view is it, um, is that the banking failure of Silicon Valley Bank is contained and the general financial system stable. Um, so I, I guess either way, it doesn't w- – when we're at 5%, what does another quarter percent matter uh, in a couple of months? I mean, whether you're like LPL Research – or some others, and expect that a, a final quarter percent increase in the Fed's target rate meeting will come at the next meeting. Um, the economy is weakening, and conditions look like um, this. We are near the end here, right? And so, if the Fed pauses by summertime and the economy ekes out slightly positive growth for 2023, I think that's a fair that's a fair result from this mess that was um, created and now is trying to be solved. Um, you know, the, I think what where what this winds up meaning for you as you listen to this is that policymakers view the banking sector as sound. That's one of the questions I get asked a lot. And people are scrambling to get money out of banks. Um, I think that's unnecessary. And even during the press conference, Powell emphatically communicated that the crisis within Silicon Valley Bank was an outlier and and not a sign of more banking failures to come. Um, I mean, contagion risks are dissipating. Um, you know, if the economy slows, the Fed's not going to have to raise as much as they anticipated. That's going to help you as well. I think in the near term, markets will respond favorably to this updated outlook. It's going to be choppy. There's going to be a lot of two steps forward, one step back. Um, but you can see even this week, as I kind of led this episode, markets are higher for the week, um, provided we finish somewhere close to where we are today. Um, and 
you know, our investors' wishes may come true. Contagion risks are low enough for the Fed to hike rates and inflation pressures are soft enough that the Fed's near the end. I think it's reasonable to be cautiously optimistic on your equities, on the equity side of your portfolio. Um, and you know, we've said this before, the gains, as we sort this stuff out in the first year, the gains could be backloaded on this year, back end loaded uh, on this year where you know, we get solid returns out of our investment portfolios, but we still have some more patience that we need to uh, have as we get through these first six months of the year and we start to sort things out. It's an interesting time right now. It really is. Um, you know, it, I don't think nobody knows. I think that's the key. If someone is really resolute in what their predictions on what the Federal Reserve is going to do or what which way the economy is going, um, I, I think they're full of it. <laughs> because it's it, the, the Fed has said, and almost everybody who's reasonable has agreed, it just depends on the data that comes through. And we need to be patient month over month and see what's going on here. Based on the information we have now, either the Fed is at its terminal rate of 5% or will be in the next two months. So that if if that is a solid, reliable thing, um, that kind of gives us, uh, it takes away kind of the opaque uh, nature of the way things have been going. We can say, okay, well, we know the Fed is done. Now we need to wait to see um, how inflation is coming down and how the economy is responding and whether or not the economy starts to recede. And that's what we get to sit and take a look at as investors. So I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for your patience and waiting and this thing not being dropped here. Um, it's where we are. Um, you know, it's a, it's finally sunny. And so I wanted to get this out to you before you hit the weekend. So when you're out on the treadmill and listening to this, or you're walking your dog or maybe playing some tennis, um, you can, uh, you can have our take on what's going on with markets. If you have questions, email us at info at Ford FG. My name is Brian Ullman. I'll talk to you in the next one. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Perennial Investment Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Ford Financial Group and Perennial Investment Advisors are separate entities from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group, Perennial Investment Advisors, and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein. 